Alleluia. Christ is risen. Please be seated. I think that my favorite thing about the Episcopal Church is that every Sunday we sit in pews with mixed company. This morning you are not surrounded by cookie-cutter Christians who think like you or act like you or believe exactly what you believe. And none of us can tell the exact same story about our spiritual journeys. You can't look to your left and know that the person sitting next to you got baptized as a baby. And you can't look to your right and know that the person sitting there also found God in the beauty of the mountains at summer camp as a child. And maybe there are churches where you could, but that's not quite the Episcopal way. We are a ragtag, motley crew of life travelers who take a break from our daily hustle once a week to listen, to pray, and to join in the beauty of worship. And if this is your first Sunday with us, well, welcome to our crazy family. We are delighted you're here. Old-timer or newcomer, I am certain that each one of you walked into the church this morning with different beliefs about the resurrection of Jesus. And I'm delighted that all of those different beliefs are here. So some of you might be believers. Some are out-and-out non-believers. Some are half-believers who think parts of the story are true and others aren't. And I have to give a special shout-out to the part-time believers, those who absolutely believe in the resurrection on Tuesdays, Thursdays, federal holidays, and for 10 minutes after a parking spot opens up. (laughs) I feel you. So by no means then can I, as your preacher, presume that everyone here believes in the resurrection. It would be a pretty lousy sermon if I came up here and said, gee, everyone, isn't it great news that Jesus rose from the dead? Let's go hunt for some eggs. How shallow. An equally lousy sermon would be to say, well, this is all just a big old mystery. I guess we can just find a symbol of resurrection in the way that caterpillars become butterflies. How vague. So let's bring this down to earth. When it comes to the resurrection of human flesh, well, if you will forgive the pun, John makes no bones about it. This is a bodily resurrection. In this story, Jesus didn't disintegrate into some ethereal spiritual substance and leak out of the cracks in the tomb. John focuses on the material evidence, the stone moved away from the tomb, the linens neatly rolled up in a corner. In this story, Jesus' body sat up, calmly took the time to fold the burial shroud, and then physically walked out of the tomb. And John doesn't leave it to chance that Jesus was just sleeping or somehow not really dead. In this story, Jesus was beaten, scourged, and nailed solidly to a cross. They divvied up his clothing, casting lots for the good stuff so that not even Jesus' outer layers remained together. Jesus was utterly obliterated. The disciples in today's readings are the first to grapple with resurrection. Jesus was very dead. 
and three days later he was very gone. Surely the disciples, and at least all of us, can agree on one thing. We all die, and dead bodies stay put. Death is the end of life as we know it. And this is the belief that Mary carried with her to the tomb that morning. When she saw the stone rolled away, she didn't suddenly believe the impossible. Mary was smart and logical and practical. So Mary hustles. There's a problem and she's gonna fix it. She's gonna do the work and make what's wrong right. So obviously, step one, get some friends to help. She can't carry a three days dead body on her own and when she finds it, to boot, there's probably some unsavory characters around there. Not folks you wanna meet on your own. Step two, carry Jesus' body back to the tune and rewrap it. Step three, work together to shut the tomb again and perhaps seal it even tighter this time. So everything's going according to plan for Mary. Simon, Peter, and the beloved disciple hustle with her back to the tomb, but one look inside the tomb and the guys bail on her. They're not out on a search and recover mission. They go home. Mary and these disciples are not on the same page here. Mary failed on her mission. All that hustle for nothing. By the time Mary is talking to the gardener, she's gotten a second wind and is ready to try again. Sir, she says, if you've carried him away, just tell me where he is and I'll take him on my own. I'll do it. Mary's got tunnel vision here. Death is the end. No one is going to help me and now I've got to deal with this gardener guy who's slowing me down. All Mary had to do was look up. All she had to do was look up and she would be released from the burden of her task. The bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ is good news, friends. All we need to do is look up and we will be released from the burden of the task of salvation. The good news for you and for Mary is that you are utterly hopeless. You are an absolute failure at being forgiven. There is nothing you can do to make it happen. You cannot power through your life and reach salvation at the end because you followed directions, made all the right turns, and were lucky enough not to meet an obstacle you couldn't climb over. You cannot convince God that you're good because you did good deeds. You cannot present the impressive tally of how many times you went to church or fed a stray cat or gave to charity. You cannot present your case because you are not on trial. Christ has already won the victory. You are saved. You have been forgiven and redeemed. Christ has conquered the grave and his body is alive. Alleluia, alleluia. I heard a quote this week that I hope that you'll take with you today. Grace will take you places that hustling can't. So no matter where you are on your journey of faith today, 
No matter if today is one of those days where you believe or the resurrection of the body is just not making sense, be like Mary. Look up. Let go of the story of death. Let go of the task of your salvation. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Lord, 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 Lord